and we're up and going. Hey, when's the last time you seen Mr. So, Deeds? Mr. Deeds? Yeah, the Adam Sandler remake. For a second, I thought you were talking about an actual human. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen Mr. Deeds in, I would estimate, say a good 15 years. We hit, I was uh, trying to fix something on my the TV downstairs in the living room. So All right. I turned on I turned on Mr. Deeds just as like a, a placeholder for something else. Mm-hmm. And uh and then we ended up just watching the whole thing. That movie so <laughs> goddamn stupid. And yeah. yet and yet it's right after Prime Sandler, but in the mm-hmm. middle of like you've got like Big Daddy yeah. You've got, you've got uh, uh, Mr. Deeds. You've got a bunch of the rom-coms he was doing with Drew Barrymore. Is, is that pre or post Lil Nicky? It's definitely within the same time frame. Yeah. I, I, uh, I attribute those two together a lot. Yeah. Well, that, that whole that, – that, that section of his career, the, the Lil Nicky, Big Daddy, Mr. Deeds mm-hmm. – uh, Fifty first dates, I guess, to a lesser extent, because that was a little, little later. later. Yeah, yeah, yep. But still, kind of the same Sandler era of yeah. These movies aren't good, but they're not horrible. They're yeah. just mediocre. Like, what, what, what was he trying to do with these kind of movies? That all probably yeah. made a hundred million dollars. Yeah, very, very watchable movies. Yeah, yeah. Little Nicky, goddamn! You see, some, you see some of his movies from that era, and you're just like, "How did this even get off the oh, ground? Why?" I mean, it's all on the strength of Sandler. That's it. It's the only reason those movies got off the yeah. ground, and 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 all the goodwill he got from all the uh, the golden era Sandler movies. Yeah. One well, also, it doesn't hurt that he produced all of them. I think. I mean, definitely post golden era movies he's yeah. produced all of them yeah once happy madison became a thing and it, it, he kind of ran the show yeah so just for the people out there watch mr mr deeds or don't miss mr nicky mr nicky ha- happy deeds <laughs> you know what else what else i've realized if you watch these movies because we've talked about how he's been able to um, get these movies made and you know how successful they've been and how it seems like everybody likes them in Hollywood but also how much or how how often he's able to get straight up bankable A-list stars in his movies yeah I mean like we talked about Pacino but that's you know that's late career Pacino where he's doing silly stuff and he just doesn't give a shit but I mean think about I mean Winona Ryder is the love interest of that movie Winona Ryder. Like at that point, she at that time she wasn't really a hot commodity. Definitely not. Definitely not. But she's coming off of a career of not making silly movies like that. Like she was like a serious actress. Yeah. So you get that. I mean, Kathy Bates in The Waterboy. Oh yeah, of course. Kathy Bates has no business in that movie. I mean, she's obviously incredible in it. She's perfect for the role. 
She has no business being in that movie. That's why she has zero business being in that movie. Right. She's too good for Waterboy. Way she, too good. She elevates Waterboy. Insane. Uh, uh, yeah. Little Nicky's got fucking Harvey Keitel in it. What's Harvey Keitel doing <laughs> in that movie? I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. Come on, man. Doesn't make you're any right. sense. Hold on. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. You go down the. I like every every one of them has at least one bankable star. Yeah. I mean, and not to mention his roster of friends is you know pretty highly esteemed. Yeah. Doesn't hurt that he's best friends with like Jennifer Aniston, Aniston, Andrew Barrymore, so he can just give them a call and be like, "Hey, do you want to be the love interest in in one of these movies?" And they're just like, well, I love Adam so much. I don't care that this is poorly written drivel. I'll Yeah. We'll have fun and make some money. Why not? Yeah, why not? I'd do it. Fuck it. If I was Sandler's friend, I don't care what script he gave to me. And that's not even coming from like, I would do anything at this point. <laughs> but <laughs> even from a even from a creative standpoint, if Adam Sandler was like, I got this really, really silly movie. It's probably going to get its fucking head blown off by the critics, but there's a role in it where you're a rodeo clown and you get to hang out with Shaquille O'Neal and Steve Buscemi for a couple of days. Yeah, right. sign me up. Sign okay. me the fuck up. Sure. Uh, we're also filming in Hawaii, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know, there's a couple of perks. No big deal. You're going to get a fat, fat check from this because it's definitely going to do $120 million in the box yeah. office. So, okay. Okay, Mr. Sandler. Okay. I guess. I guess. <clears throat> All right. I just had to get that off my chest because I've, I've been thinking about it as if it was like some Oscar-winning movie that's stayed with me. It's just weird that those movies – they're, they're not good, but they, they're, they have this lasting effect on you. We're like, I, I don't know if I've seen Mr. Deeds more than three times, including the other night. And yet I'm quoting it and I know what scenes are coming next. And like, I know the movie beat for beat. Maybe it's because it's so simple and stupid. That uh, has something to do with it. I think it also has to do with the fact that you were simple and stupid when you watched it the first time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, true. You know, it, it, but I, again, I feel like a lot of those movies, like we talked about before, um, you know, like, uh, oh, we were talking about that sort of era of movies where they're like really dumb slapstick comedies. Yeah, the silly Farley yeah. Brother type movies. Yeah. Of, of like yeah. the... Uh, 90s to early 2000s how to where, get rid of a man what is that movie <laughs> how to get rid of a man <laughs> yeah 10 days huh yeah it's good it's a spike lee joint right um, <laughs> um yeah something I, about mary uh cable yeah. guy uh yeah dumb and uh, me myself and irene me, myself and irene pick any ben stiller uh, movie from that era yeah basically um but they all, I wouldn't say all, but most of them have just like this charm, this heart to them. Yeah. That you can tell that they're not made with malice. Like yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's a soft core to the, 
gross out humor and and the the slapstick. Yeah, I was I think you know, is endearing. <laughs> I, I I was saying to somebody the other day. You know what? Let's get into these beers first. We'll get back to it because I have a point to make. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you went and picked up something from our beloved Red Light Red Light local uh, brewery slash bar. And, uh, well, I'll let you take the floor, sir, and kind of explain the situation. All right. So Red Light, Red Light brewed a new brew uh, by the name of Shaco's Keller. It's a Franconian-style Keller beer fermented in oak. And I'm very proud to say, we got a cold read, baby. Oh, yeah. And it's in fine print, so it's, it's going to be a while. All right, just so strapped in for a second. All right, let's get comfortable, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Ready? Ready? Ready. Ready. Come on. This beer is a tribute to the place where lager beer was born and the old traditions that are still practiced there. That place is Franconia in Bavaria. Franconia is a magical place for lager fans. The tradition of aging beers in, quote, Kellers, or cellars dug into the bedrock of a hillside still exists there. The Kellers maintain a constant low temperature that helps the lager yeast slowly ferment and give these beer, beers crisp, clean flavors. This beer was brewed using all German malts and German and Czech hops. It was brewed using the old method of triple decoction mashing, 100% fermented in and lagered in an oak heater. It is unfiltered. It is bottle conditioned using the tradition of space, uh, space, 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 or using fresh wort to ferment, or re-ferment, I should say. Uh, we use side pull pills wort, which is a beer I love. Uh, we love, we love, nope, we hope you enjoy it. Prost. <laughs> And also, there's a little quote from Joe Strummer here. When you blame yourself, you learn from it. If you blame someone else, you don't learn nothing. Because, hey, it's not your fault. It's his fault over there. Uh, this is a 5.8% ABV brewed and bottled by hand at Red Light, Red Light Beer Parlor and Brewery in Orlando, Florida. And with that, that was... Adam Obesius Rodriguez, and I am Marco Dupa. This is the One Baron Podcast. Bigger than my head. <laughs> I don't think so. That's actually a cool angle. I can't really achieve that. So, <clears throat> well, at once we got done watching Mr. Deeds, I was thinking about all of those movies that we just mentioned. And they just, they have zero chance doing well critically. 
And I think that that's unfair. I think critics, even to this day, can't wrap their heads around a movie being silly for silly's sake. Yeah, there has to be a greater purpose. Always. If it's a comedy, if it's a horror, if it's anything other than a melodrama, there has to be some kind of metaphor, some kind of uh, double meaning where we're trying to say something, where we're using yeah. this character as an allegory for this thing, and it, all, it always has to be something. Yeah. I, I found that a lot of the, uh, the Apatow movies kind of made the mold for critically acclaimed comedies for this entire, really this entire generation. Uh, where it can be silly, it can be gross out, it can be slapsticky, it can be whatever it wants to be as a comedy, but then there's also like a, a serious through line to it that is uh, some relatable dramedy uh, subtext. Yeah. Well, I think the problem with that is Judd Apatow, and I love Judd Apatow, but he started sniffing his own dookie with that. Yeah, well, and you saw that start to happen, or not to happen, but to be reflected in the reviews too, and and yeah. people's turnout to his movies. They Ironically, I think one of started his- with Adam Sandler with Funny People. I think that's where I think that's the first movie where I was like, it's a little self indulgent. Yeah, well, I, and looking back, I mean, most of his movies are a little chunky. They could be cut down by maybe 15, 20 minutes most of the time. Yeah. And still get the same effects without a lot of the, the extra fat on it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think, I think people started to see it as being a bit formulaic. Um, it's sort of a one trick pony in a way. And, yeah. uh, and I, you started to see that reflected in the reviews too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. People started to, uh, they started to pick up on the, well, it's also, not that they picked up on anything that he wasn't, I mean, he's just doing the same thing. It's not like he was making different movies and then people were starting to shit on him for it. I mean, he, he was, he was using a formula, just changing the, 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 the characters basically. Yeah. And circumstances basically. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking him up to see what's the last thing he did. Or what's the latest thing he did? I should say, or rather, yeah. I feel like there wasn't something like super long ago. I think he he did something reasonably recently. He just did the King of Staten Island. That right, gave right. Which actually seemed to be a bit of a return to form. People seemed to like that. People liked it. Mm-hmm. People liked that movie. Yeah, that came out on Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about watching it. Just, eh. I mean, I like Pete Davidson. I'm not one of these people that's like, you know, fuck that guy. No, I don't get, I don't get why people hate Pete Davidson. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he I did. Understand. I mean, uh, I mean, besides the fact that he was an asshole at UCF, but you know, but even that, aside. even that though <laughs> was like, I mean, he warned people, and and yeah. you know, they didn't listen. So you like, listen. You know, He's de- I mean, he's a guy who is, uh, uh, suffers from, you know, mental illness and he, he's admitted that and he's, he's been pretty open about trying to work on it and everything, but it's like, you know, guy like that, who's like, look, don't do that. And you go, ah, and then you do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, but no, I, I get it still. Did you, you didn't go see him when he did that, right? You just, no, 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 I didn't. I, I thought about it though. I actually was 
considering going, but uh, no, I didn't make to that show, which was fortunate. Apparently. Yeah. Would have been, would have been cool, but whatever. Anyway, that movie is supposedly really good. So I don't know. The last thing he directed was that Gary Shandling documentary. And then before right. that it was train wreck. So he hasn't been that yeah. busy in the past five years. Which I guess is kind of good. You don't, I mean, you, you don't want to look at his filmography and then, you know, see like eight duds that we missed right. from 2015 to now. Yeah. So I give him credit. Anyway, I just think critics and society as a whole, it's only, it's, it's, it's only when you see people talking about it after the fact where people are like, oh, I love this movie. And, oh, man, y'all forgot about this one, mostly on Twitter and stuff. I see a lot of nostalgia for things that I'm just like, this is bad. It was bad then, and it's bad now. It's still bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but there's a different appreciation for things like that now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, when people always – I'll, I'll see po- people post about stuff like on the Disney Channel and stuff. And they'd be like, oh, man. This is a classic right here. It's like that show sucked. It sucked then. It sucks now. Don't don't. You know, I have to I have to come clean about something that may tarnish my 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 nerd credentials right Uh-oh. now. Uh oh. Um, I was I was working. I'm working from home, as as people may know. Um, and I just needed something in the background, something that wouldn't take my attention away. Uh, too much but just some noise you know something to just have on and i have disney plus flex Flex. um and i decided to go down the marvel animated rabbit hole and uh i found the x-men animated series which i had watched as a kid of course classic yes i started watching it and i was distracted by the fact that it's awful. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> gaspingly bad animation and VO work. Yeah. Top to bottom. Yeah. Just like astonishing that, like, I tried to put myself in my parents' shoes watching me watch this mm-hmm. and wondered how they didn't just switch the channel and be like, we're not watching this today. Like, this yeah. is not good. This is bad TV. Stop it. <laughs> Yeah, but I loved it as a kid. I had all the toys and like was super into it, and that was my uh, my my port into the X Men universe. Yeah, but man, it does not hold up at all. No, it's really, a lot of them. It's don't. not like the Batman animated series. The Batman animated series is still really good. That that's what I was gonna say. Is like it 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 illustrates just how good the Batman series is because mm-hmm. of how much it holds up. When you watch these other shows. Like, I mean, I was, well, yeah, we talked about it, I don't know, a couple episodes ago. I was watching the Spider-Man animated series. And it's not good. It's not no. good. It's, same vibes as X-Men. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, Basically. it looks it looks like it's animated in the same studio. Yeah. And there is crossover between those shows. And right. what I found out that is later on in the series is, like, deep, deep crossover. Like, they do multiple episode arcs. Where it's not just a, not just a, you know, this character visits the set for a day, but it's like eight right. or nine episodes in a row. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that makes sense. Makes sense. People, and, and that's a perfect example. People sitting here 
they want to tell you that it's a masterpiece. And it's like, look, man, it's nostalgic. I get it. And we all loved it when we were kids. But it sucks now. It's bad. Not good. Yeah. Most of those shows on the Disney Channel sucked. Most of those Disney Channel original movies, you watch them shits now, those movies suck. <laughs> Except for Brink. Okay. <laughs> As as I disobey my own rules of this conversation, <laughs> except for the ones I like. <laughs> so, anyway, it's not like me talking about this is going to change anything. I just it it <clears throat> you get older and you just realize like there should be a separate category for just silly movies where they don't have to compete against avant garde art house dark comedies where you're like where's the comedy in this it's not this is movie's not funny and he's like big brain like oh you didn't get it it's like there's nothing to get the movie sucked it wasn't funny well there's uh, i just feel like they're dramatically different things and should be treated as such yeah you know yeah i just say that a comedy can't win best picture obviously it can but i just feel like you're you're grading it on a different scale but how good does that movie have a mo- a comedy that wins best picture would have to be a movie that really isn't a comedy it just happens to be funny yeah yeah and I, I think that's tough because we're kind of contradicting ourselves a little bit i think in saying that like a straight up just funny like have you rolling in the aisles comedy still not of the stature to beat out a uh, a dramatic period piece maybe well okay so i I, but i don't believe that though i'm saying that that's the the given take from the academy is that there's no way on god's green earth tropic thunder would beat any movie from from 2007 2008 like it just wouldn't yeah it just wouldn't happen even though tropic thunder i think is one of the best movies of that year yeah for sure 100 i just i feel like we discount comedy just uh, humor yeah uh, because it it's um i don't know it does i feel like it's such a fleeting thing like it, it it doesn't stick with you very well yeah you know you laugh in the moment and you may it may be a great joke that you remember the next day and you can tell to your friend or something but i feel like a a, a drama something that really affects you deeply and like it's in the feels just right stays with you in a uh, stronger way than a comedy could. Yeah. I think by nature of I think a that's comedy, why. it's, it just doesn't, it, it's just not going to have the lasting effect just because comedy as a, as a genre, as a thing is meant to be um, consumed in the moment. I mean, how many, you can't keep telling the same joke over and over again, but you can, watch a movie that makes you cry over and over again and it could still make you cry mm-hmm. so That's true. but i yeah. think i mean if we're if because i saw this push for uh stunt actors and stunt choreographers to be rewarded at the academy which i'm yeah. all for of course and i think you know how, how i mean i guess if you start adding too many awards it becomes the fucking Emmys or the, or the Golden Globes. But I just think it's, it's such a fucking insult for the Academy to just be like, all right, we're talking about real movies now. 
You know, it's just right. This was bullshit. Or and, and even worse, real actors mm-hmm. discounting every stunt performer who has to fill in the shoes. Sometimes almost fifty-fifty for the actual actor. You know, right. like right. It's insane. It, that's that is still acting, and that is even more so like a an athletic performance that the the face of it can't do. Yeah. So you know. Can't do These or guys won't do. And, and, and ladies are, are putting themselves in line and not really getting the recognition they deserve. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm all for that. <clears throat> well, I'll talk to my connect at the academy. We'll get it going. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, – well, fuck. I forgot how we wanted to say segue into this <laughs> well this certainly isn't how marco yeah this is not a this is not a good segue i'm sorry guys i'm rusty on the hosting thing that's okay we used to not have segues for a very long time that's right so if, if you're a true fan you remember those you remember days. The, you remember the days of all right we're done with that let's talk about so, this and then everyone what do you the, think about then everyone in the room going nice segue man Nice, 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 real nice. You did it. Real good segue, dude. Yeah, you got yeah. us there, man. Sometimes we even just call it out and be like, segue. Yeah. Which is fun. That's so bad. Oh, man, can you imagine a writer writing a movie or, or a, a book and just being just chapter five. Segway. Plot twist. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> that it, it's like looking at a salad and going, hamburger. <laughs> it's still not, but no. that's okay. Um, so how, how, <clears throat> how long, how much time in the day do you think you spend playing video games? During the week? Yeah. Ooh. Work's been a drag, man. So I've only had about hour to an hour and a half every night dedicated to video games. Think about all of the constructive things you could have done in that hour that you spent playing a goddamn video game. You worthless piece of cow dung. I hate you. Don't ever come back to this podcast again until in that hour you do, you do something productive with your life. Read a book. Okay. Practice a martial art. Learn a new skill. But by God, if you spend that hour playing another video game, I'll come to your house and I'll kill you. You understand that? I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, yes. Those, show me those little boy tears. Yes. <laughs> yes. Gamer tears. <laughs> oh, the gamer tears. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it obviously if you don't know, we're talk you're giving her that whole thing? Lottie, Lottie just gave Errol an entire chicken bone. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I got we'll, we'll, we'll monitor when she takes her to the vet when she's choking her dad. Yeah, yeah. And the bone okay. just gets stuck in her throat sideways, like a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a full bone. <laughs> yeah, if you can't tell, we're talking about fucking Joe Rogan and his idiotic comments about video games. 
I think it's been kind of beat to death at this point. Everybody, oh, yeah, there, giving their take on it because it's yeah. just a, it's just a dumb thing to say. In in the greater context of text of things, I should say, um, he, I mean, he he makes a point that is not necessarily incorrect, and it's something I felt as a gamer, uh, which is. Playing video games a lot of the time feels like it's a, just a waste of time. You could dedicate that to working out, um, learning a new language, reading a book, playing guitar, you know, like other things that we would deem as more uh, productive in your life and more, more useful than, you know, being able to say, yeah, you know, I beat Mario again. Um, but at the same time, counterpoint is that hobbies are important <laughs> and you deserve to have downtime and, and it's okay to do something that doesn't have a, a, a use per se. Yeah. As long as it's, it's your downtime, it's unwinding time. It's okay to do that as a hobby. That's it's fine. If it's taking over your life, different story. There are some people who are addicted to video games. Yeah, and like it's affecting their life in a way that is detrimental, and just like any other addiction, uh, it takes time and work to, to to stop doing it. You know, I mean, Rogan himself has said that he he gets to a point where he plays games too much, so maybe that's where he's coming from. He doesn't play games oh, too much. He played one fucking game, and now all of a sudden that gives him he's he's got the the gamer title because he played Quake. He played one it's, fucking game, and he's like, I spent yeah. a bunch of money. Getting my land up in my house, and man, I was a, I played I played hour. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, you yeah. get it, you get it, you did At it one time. Yeah, I um, I just feel like that maybe is more of a personality trait than anything else. He, you know, with martial arts, he's addicted to it too. Yeah, he's addicted to that lifestyle. Maybe that's just his addictive personality, and he just got really into playing a game. Like yeah. that doesn't mean everybody's going to react that way. And I think it's it's obviously not true that everyone will waste their lives if they play games. But you know, I I, I can see both sides of the coin at the same time. Dumb quote. I mean. The thing about it is the only difference what he's what he's talking about is any kind of addiction. To say that that I mean what you could what he said about that you could say about almost any activity and any kind of addiction. You spend 3 hours a day reading a book and what did you gain from that? What did you get? Did you make any money? Are you more successful now because of that? No. Because his his point and maybe he just didn't fully express the point or it got lost somewhere in translation. But yeah. from what I gather from watching the episode, cause I watched it is the, at the, at the end game is what's not getting you anywhere. So you're spending all this time and you're not getting better at anything and you're not gaining anything from it. So it's just not a healthy use of your time. If you're spending that much time doing it. Right. And then he's like, you know, you play video games for three hours a day. You know, what if you, what if you train jujitsu for three hours a day? You know, in a couple of years, you could become a purple belt, maybe someday open your own school. And it's like, dude, what are you talking about? Yeah, that was, that was a very dumb uh, uh, 
line of thought yeah. that he got to of like, because the, the, the entire idea was like, well, pretty much like 1% of people who play games can become like professional gamers, right? Yeah, that was yeah, that was part of his point. Right. And it's like, okay, but I guarantee you, like, I don't know, what do you want to say? Like 95% of gamers aren't playing to become pros. Like, that's not the point of it. It's, I say it's that a num- relaxation thing. It's a I, it's a I say that number is uh is is lowering now. I think there's more people who are actively trying to become professionals at it. Sure. Yeah. No. And and same thing with like YouTube personalities and podcasters. Look at us. Well, um, I mean, just I mean, you know, he spends three hours a day talking about elk meat and hunting. Of course. What of course. <laughs> yeah. And, and and there's been a lot of rebuttals saying like, well, listening to three hours of a podcast every, you know, every time you post one is not a good use of your time either. Yeah. Like you don't gain much from that a lot of the time too. Well, he's not but fucking Malcolm it, Gladwell. I'll tell you that. Right. Um, have you ever tried DMT? Um, <laughs> but I think that it's rooted also in a place of, of ignorance about the current state of video games. Yeah. For me, I mean, specifically with narrative-based games, where they're telling, you know, really elevated stories nowadays. I, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, well, only reason like something like the last of us is is uh put up on a pedestal is because it's basically as good as like the worst book you could read um or like it's it's just like it it's just better than most of the other trash that's out there in video games i think that's that's demeaning to the entire genre i think that games are getting way better at telling stories of consequence that make you think and make you feel things um, so I think that comes from an older generation looking at games from this perspective that it's very limited and, uh, it's not, it's not really paying dues to the writers of, of games nowadays. And set all that aside, there's entire communities of friends that have, have sprouted because of online gaming. Um, a lot of people who are isolated otherwise, other than having their friends because they have no friends in their, you know, area because there's not enough people or they don't get along with the, the people around them. Mm-hmm. So go online and, and meet friends online and, and, and meet up eventually in person. Not that any of us are doing that, you know. But there are entire communities that are sprouting up because of, of gaming too. So I, I think writing off gaming as just a useless hobby is is <coughs> just wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, the whole take was just wrong. And in, not even including all of the benefits that you just said, because those are enough to merit spending a couple hours of your day playing some video games. He's woefully ignorant to the fact that there are people making, and this millions of dollars, streaming on Twitch and YouTube. I, I mean, and, and that's not even an exaggeration. They're making millions of dollars and they're not even that good at some of these video games mm-hmm. well, and even if not millions they're they're at least making a living a lot of these streamers they're just making a living on sponsorships streams youtube videos youtube millions. watches millions there and but what yeah. i'm he's he's coming from this place of like like this old man you're never gonna make anything out of those video games and there's people who are making 
lavish livings. I mean, obviously, it's not every single person that jumps on Twitch. That's ridiculous. I mean, there's... Neither are podcasters. Neither are comedians. Right. You know, like, it takes that that 1% or 2% who excel at it or get a lucky break, and they're the ones on top of the heap. Yeah. And that's true in anything, really. Exactly. And it's like, look, he obviously drew the ire of the gaming community for all of these points and, and everything else that you can illustrate to him. And it's part of a larger problem of Joe Rogan becoming the consciousness of an entire generation of men. Yeah. You know, being the, the, the spiritual guide the uh, the moral compass for like an alarming amount of people, yeah. And and I think that that's the larger point. I think uh, I don't know, man. For me, the love is the love affair is over. <laughs> do you take Ben Shapiro to do that? Or? No, I've I, I even even past that. Because Ben Shapiro's been on the show before. I will say multiple times. The first time that I that I saw Ben Shapiro on the show, I listened to the podcast because I was like, I actually didn't know who Ben Shapiro was. I knew of him, and I knew there was people who didn't like him, but I also knew that he was this um, intellectual and that he was somebody who, you know, supposed to be a, a heavyweight uh, who could hold his own in any debate. Then you found out he was a pseudo-intellectual. <laughs> yeah. I listened to the whole thing, though. This is not coming from a guy who, who saw a two-minute clip on, on Twitter and was like, oh, fuck that guy. I listened to the whole thing. I formed my opinion based on the evidence that was presented to me by the people who I'm judging. And, uh, yeah, it, people. It, it started from there because there was a lot of points that Ben Shapiro made that I know for a fact from listening to so much Joe Rogan that he didn't agree with a lot of the stuff that he was saying and he wasn't pushing back. And I know that people say, well, Joe Rogan's show isn't like a debate show. It's him having a conversation with people and trying to facilitate a interesting conversation and blah, blah, blah. I understand that. But Joe Rogan has gotten to a point where he is uh, viewed in the same way as, as to a lot of people as CNN or Fox News, or I guess an alternative to those things. He's a lot of people's mainstream media now. Yeah. And so for him to continue to be like, look, man, I'm just a big old dumb guy. You know, I'm just a comedian. I just smoke weed. I'm, I'm, I'm just a big old dumb dude. Don't listen to me. It's like, I, I just think that you get to a point where, and, and you know what, this kind of goes back to the conversation that, that uh, we had about Kim Kardashian and, uh, what falls under her responsibility the bigger she gets as a celebrity and i don't know i just think that that part of me it's like you say what say whatever you want and people are going to react however they want but i don't respect a person who's like look man i don't know what you want me to tell you it's like you spent three hours with a guy who has said some pretty shitty things right and 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 there's barely any pushback. I mean, the minute he starts talking about Colin Kaepernick, it's just like, come on, man. You, uh, one episode, you're, you're a Kaepernick fan. The next episode, you're like, yeah, I can see where you're coming from with this whole fuck that guy thing. It's like, 
Okay. Yeah. Cool. I uh, I I just decided to to give it a shot for the latest interview, and he starts off by saying he's afraid of going jogging in California because he's he's worried about protesters like killing him. And I was like, okay, that's that's what we're starting off on. Is is protesters are endangering your life on your job potentially? <laughs> that's the joke that we're starting off on. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with this. No, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, and Joe and Joe just sits there eating it up. Yep. People. <laughs> say, yeah. Do you jog every day? <laughs> okay. Thank you, Joe. People say, uh, you know, you, it doesn't do anything to deplatform these people. Um, you, you, you basically, if you give them a platform to kind of espouse their views, you give them enough rope to hang themselves with, and they'll do the dirty work for you, right? Right. But I mean, which is what, which is what worked for you, because you hadn't heard of Ben Shapiro before he, you saw him on his show. That's true. And when you did, when you did, you saw enough to go, I don't agree with this guy. I don't like him. True. Very true. So that worked out for you. But I guarantee there are a lot of kids out there and a lot of people in general who haven't formed an opinion strong enough to see through the bullshit. Right. So I, uh, I, I think in those situations, deplatforming does make sense. But, you know, at, at a certain point, you have to take a, a social responsibility to be educated and to know better and to research when you hear something that sounds alarming. Yeah. You know, yeah. look at the other side. What, what, what's, where are the facts? Do some research. Yeah. Well, what's more alarming is, is, I mean, I, I, I'm not bothered by the, Jesus Christ. Her, her bark is like, I know. You live in a zoo. Um, his popularity doesn't bother me. It's 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 awesome to see a guy, you know, a stand-up comedian, able to parlay what was you know seven eight years ago this thing that was considered niche by a lot of people to a hundred million dollar business. That's awesome. What bothers me is that there's people like, do you see what Joe Rogan said? It's like I don't give a shit what Joe Rogan said. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's Unless that's about what MMA. I. I wish more, even, yeah, unless it's about MMA, definitely, yeah. And, and I just wish that more people didn't cite him as the end-all, be-all of a point. Now, if you're a person who acknowledges the fact that he can be wrong, and he has been wrong, and, you know, you, you support him for other reasons and you still enjoy the show, that's, that's one thing. I don't, I don't, I don't, that's, that's cool. Fine by me, sure. But if you're one of these people who's like, well, I mean, Joe Rogan said, and it's like, come on, man, just try a little harder. Just try a little harder. Can't really be your source. Yeah. Nobody on these podcasts can be. Us included. Except us. Oh, come on. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry. I, I was going too straight with the, with the bit. It wasn't a bit. I was going too straight with it. I was going too straight, man. I should have I known that there was okay. a joke in there. And I and I, I didn't. You gotta dig for it sometimes, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, and energy. You okay? Have you been okay over there? 
it's getting weird in here, man. It's getting weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Dogs are acting up. Doors are opening. Yeah. Cats are meowing. Dogs are barking. Anarchy. Anyway, um, I don't know. I just I see a lot of I see a lot of pushback on Joe Rogan right now. Partly because he's so popular, partly because he endorsed Bernie Sanders and then turned around and said, you know, he would rather not vote or vote for Trump than vote for Biden. And then you get all the people on the left who, you know, want his head. And he's also said some problematic things in the past. So it's like, you know, there's no excuse for some of the stuff that he said. You back? You're still there, yeah. Are we back? Okay. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no excuse for some of the stuff that he has said in the past that people, people were like, this is some problematic sure. shit. So, I don't know. I guess I'm not really saying anything with this other than to say just don't let him be the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. Of, of and, and that's been something we've been preaching for a long time. So I think if, if people haven't gotten it from now, then they don't want to. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. It's just when you see him go viral over a take like that, it's not the take itself. It's the people in the comment section who are like, that's not what he means. He meant this. And it's like, what do you know? He said it. You don't have to translate for him. He had three hours to get his point across. You don't need to fucking, we don't need to figure out what he said. We don't need to delve deep into the archives and try to decode Roganisms. He said what he said. And that's the thing. It's, it's what fandom does online, especially. It's like it, it, it breeds this, this um, devil's advocatism. You know? Yeah, yeah. You infer what you want. I've seen it with uh, Trump supporters. Where he clearly says certain words. He says them a certain way in a certain order. And now... I would say the vast majority of people interpret those words literally and take them for what they are. But then you'll find a Trump supporter who takes those words and goes, well, he didn't mean that, but what he was trying to get at was this larger issue, which is X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And so really he's not wrong. He's just saying it this way. Okay. But, you know, you also have to take words at face value sometimes. And that goes for, for any anybody, any any uh, personality, any entity. I'm sure we said some dumb things in the past. Yeah. Maybe in this episode. Yeah. You can pick apart if you'd like to. Um, and then just put them in your back pocket and throw them away. <laughs> right. My point is... Shove them uh, up the is, That's what you can do. You can do that too. You can do that too. Pull them out, flush them down. That's right. Um, but my point is that, especially online... Uh, there's there's a lot of this sort of uh, culture that's cultivated behind personalities that you're not able to see uh, uh, any opposing views because you enjoy that personality so much. Would you say it's a cult of personality? I love that song. <laughs> for, for audio listeners, we're staring at each other frequently. <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah. yes, I, I think that's what, exactly what it is, and yeah. uh, it's unfortunate because that, you know, Rogan's all about free speech and and you know speaking your own truth and all that. Uh, great, 
But if you can't see beyond him, then how how much truth are you really looking for? You know? Yeah. So stick that in your back pocket and poop it out and flush it. That's right. Yeah. I could spend I could spend another podcast and and we could we could create a new podcast where we listen to Joe Rogan's show and then we just pick apart all the points that are made on the show. And I think it'd only be about 10 episodes long before we had, before we got to a point where we were just repeating ourselves as he, like it would be <laughs> episode 12. We'd be like, look, man, I don't know how many times I can say that those things don't happen. Like you don't, you, you don't get health benefits from those fuck from, from on it. You just like, it's just, it's all bullshit. What about cordyceps, bro? Eighty dollar brain pills. You you think you think Joe Rogan has cornered the market on 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 pills that in, increase your your cognitive abilities and make you laser focus? You think he's the only guy in the world who's like, hey man, you got to get up on this fucking on it, brother. I don't know how you're not pay, taking these brain pills. The only person I can think of that can even compete is um. What's his name? He, uh, he he's known to boost his his uh, his manpower with, with those pills. You talking about the baseball player? Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, we, we, we featured him on the show before. Yeah, we have. <laughs> uh, uh, fuck. You got, I gotta gotta look it up. <laughs> what is that fucking pill that he takes? I was gonna say, what's the name of the? Uh, yeah, the, apparently the ads aren't working because I don't remember it. I can see the ad in my head though. I That's can too. I see him smiling at those two white women. Those two white ladies, and he's just like, I would take you, and I would take you, and maybe you. <laughs> That's the one middle-aged man. Yeah, the guy that they're shitting on. They're like, oh, my husband is such a lazy piece of shit. He hasn't gotten top of me in months. And he's just sitting back there holding the purse like, I tried. I tried. My back hurts. <laughs> fuck. It's, it's man boosting. It, it's um, um, something X, right? Yeah. Mucinex. Mucinex. That's, yeah. that's man boosting. <laughs> Nugenics. Nugenics. Yes. Hold on. Eugenics. We're almost there. Nugenics. You should have used Lottie as our producer. Yeah, right? This should yeah. be putting her to fucking use. Put her to work. Hold on. I'm almost there. Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas. Slugger. The Big Hurt. Yep. <clears throat> there you go. Thank you. I, I, I feel like everyone who is screaming in their cards at us now satisfied. Listen, I, I wouldn't have been able to proceed with this episode until we figured I it out. Either. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. And it's actually a really but, uh, easy name when you... Frank Thomas. Yeah. It sounds fake. Yeah. Anyway, uh, to illustrate, I think, what good can come of playing video games, games, we should talk about one of the video games that we've been playing. Now that I say that, I, I don't think any health benefits are going to come from this game. Not this one. <laughs> Not this one. Other than sweet relaxation. Yeah. But still. Yeah. I mean, but 
I mean, that was the point that you were making earlier. And that's the point that a lot of people made is like a lot of people just play games just to relax, just to take a load off. Day's been hard. And I just want to chill out for a couple hours. I'm going to lose myself yeah. in this video game. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. No. And there's no better game right now in the market than Ghost of Tsushima. It's, it's, uh, I mean, we both, we're both now at a point where I think, I don't know. Are you still playing, um, Death Stranding? No. So what I'm doing is I, uh, <laughs> thank you for asking. <laughs> so what I'm doing is I'm, I'm focusing on Ghost of Tsushima because it's an, a big open world game. And I know I want to beat that before I move on to anything else. Uh -huh. The only other thing I've been playing, I've even dropped Call of Duty for the time being. Uh, the only thing I've been playing right now is that, but when I'm done, I have a plan in place. See, recently, online, uh, there was a sale on uh, Persona 5 Royal. I've had Persona 5, I didn't have Persona 5 Royal. So, segue into what we were talking about last episode or the episode before that, where buying games at release is a is a complete ripoff. It happened to me. I'm sorry, but it did. Yeah. A better version of the game came out that I bought for sixty bucks. I found the better version for forty, mm. so I picked that up. Uh, so what I'm going to do is once I'm done with Ghost of Tsushima. I'm going to play that while I'm playing Death Stranding because they're dramatically different games. Yeah. That's my plan. All right. <clears throat> doesn't it just – doesn't it make you want to just break something or someone when you see – when does. you find that? It really does. It absolutely does. I was going to let you have Persona 5 if you'd like it because I have no use for it anymore. <laughs> uh, do I need to have played the, re the other ones? No, some kind of not at line? all. No, no, no. It's like it's like. Um, I mean, there are some through lines, but it's basically like Final Fantasy. Okay. Where it's like a new story every time. So. All right. You have it. It's yours. Maybe I'll maybe I'll play it. Maybe. Somebody on uh, somebody on uh, Reddit was making a. I was reading up on. I was reading up on some of these games, and uh, <clears throat> I was reading up on Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, for, for for the remainder of the show, we will just call it Ghost. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they were saying that some I I can't remember who was some Japanese director, maybe it was a video game director or film director, I can't remember, but he was saying that he loves the game, it's a beautiful game, and he's upset that Japan didn't make the game, that it's an American mm. studio. Not upset in a way, you know, like it's, it's, I can't believe this, but just like, how come Japan hasn't made a game this good? Or, or, or a game this faithful to that genre? Mm -hmm. And somebody made the point that, like, Japan wouldn't make a game like that right now because it's just not their, it's just not the way that, they, it's not how they um, present things like that to, to it's not the market they're going after right now. Like they're, they're, oh, they're still very entrenched in JRPG, uh, 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 anime style characters as far well, far as their I design think, is concerned. 
I, I think the bigger issue here is the the game style in general. This is very much a Western game draped in Japan. Like, yeah. Uh, window dressing, you know, like it. And I'd heard that there there were rumors that this game could have been a Viking game or it could have been a Middle Ages like knights game. Um, and I I can kind of feel that like it's it it it's great. I'm not I'm not trying to take anything away from it, but I mean it very much feels like a Western developed game. And you know there there are great games in a similar genre of as far or not genre but like style. With like Sekiro is super well regarded, yeah. uh, samurai ninja game. Um, but as far as like open world, very light RPG elements, mostly action game games. Uh, there's not much of that coming out of Japan, and it, it never has. And I just feel like that's just a stylistic thing, you know? Yeah. Like they just tend to not uh, Japanese developers tend to not make those style of games. Yeah, it tends to be more technical, more um, generally kind of harder, honestly. Yeah. More like the the Dark Souls style of of games, and um, yeah, I mean, uh, it definitely feels like a Western game. Yeah, there's no way around it. Yeah, well, I mean, but but they take all of the best elements from 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 like. All of these, it's it's a Western game through and through. And the biggest thing that you, the, the, the biggest marker I think of that, other than obviously the way that the game is made, is how much it's built on taking from all these other things. Only an American-made thing can be made up of so many other cooler things from the past where Americans just go, yeah, we're going to just... Frankenstein stitched this thing together from all these other cool medias and then we'll present it like, here you go. This is, this is, this is the cool shit that we like and then we just put it all together for you. Right. Yeah, I, I, uh, I recently watched a YouTube video about some Japanese student who's now, like, he seems to be like European, but he is a Japanese teacher. Like he teaches... Uh, the Japanese language and, and culture All to right. people. And he lives in Japan for a while. And I forget his YouTube channel, I, I tell you, obviously. Um, but he pointed out, just in even the trailer alone, there's a, there's a video of him playing the game itself, too. But <clears throat> pointing out that, like, the things in this game don't line up with, like, historical facts. And that's okay. But, like, it's clearly a Hollywood version of Samurai. Right. You know, and, and right. that's fine. It's fun. It's, it, it is what it is. And it's, it's awesome. And, you know, it's, it's, it's accurate enough to make it interesting and make it, make it feel rooted in a way. But it's, it's not historical. It's not, it's not true. It's like it, everything from the style of dress to the, the style of combat is completely off. That's yeah, okay. you, know, you don't think about any of that while you're playing the game. It, it doesn't. It doesn't deter from anything. But I think that ties into what you were saying. That this is almost like in the way that um, in the way that the Italians did westerns. 
you know, like a spaghetti mm-hmm. Western where it's, it's pulling from all these different things and, and it's pulling from different influences and it takes a lot. Those movies took a lot from uh, Japanese cinema. Yeah. Uh, and it takes the best elements from those and makes it its own unique, like amalgamation of stuff that isn't true to the real American West per se, but it's just really cool. And that's yeah. fine. Yeah. That's okay. Like, yeah. that's great. Yeah. <clears throat> now, all of that to say, I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, it, it's, it's one of my favorite games so far. Definitely of the year. And it's slowly moving into one of my favorite games of the PS4 generation. Yeah. Just, it's so much goddamn fun to play. There's it so only much, gets more fun to play. Yeah. There's so much to do. There's so many little see the the thing about like these big open world games, a lot of them they don't like uh The Witcher was really good at this. The Witcher is really good at, you know, the side stories were rewarding to do. There's Witcher three you're talking about in particular, right? Yes, Witcher Three, yeah. Witcher Three, the Wild Hunt, where you go off and do a side story and it meant something. It wasn't just like, there's so many games that you do it and it seems inconsequential yeah. in the grand scheme of I've things. I've lost my cats. Yeah. I need to collect my cats. You go off, you collect all the cats, then you come back and it's like, all right, that was just a thing to eat up time. Yeah. But in games like The Witcher and in, in Ghost, you do these little things and they seem to mean something they seem to build out the world they seem to uh give a give a larger story and and kind of bring it that bring it back down to reality a lot of the time where you know you get a character that like there's there's stories where um like a like one one mini story is this guy he he he, uh he's going off the the you, you, you stumble on this village and they're like, uh, homeboy over there is helping the Mongols. You should, you should keep an eye on him. Uh, and then you go over to him and talk to him and he's like, no, I'm, I'm not. Cause they're like, you sneak out at night. Where do you go? <laughs> and he's like, I just, I just do my own thing. And J- and Jen, the main character, he's like, you better fucking fess up or I'm going to slice your dick off. <laughs> so he's like, we can't talk about it here. We go, uh, you, you walk over and you, and you talk to the guy and he's like, look, I leave to go visit the grave of a man that I fell in love with who died. And I can't tell people where I'm going because they would know that we had a relationship before he died. His wife and kid would find out. So that's where I go. And Jen is like, all right, that's cool. Daps him he, up. He, he kills him because he, it's it's Japan and like the Middle Ages. <laughs> he slices his dick off for bringing for, he done demon. <laughs> Yo, don't bring that gay shit around me and just slices his dick off. Mm. But I just think that that's really interesting because it's not not only is it a really compelling. I should have said spoiler warning. <laughs> well, it's just a mini game. It's just I mean it's just a mini story like whatever or a side story. It's one of many. I mean, there's. There's hundreds of these side quests in this game. So, yeah. sorry, spoiler for that. 
just just say spoiler alert right now, and you can edit that into the video before. No, I'm not doing that. Okay. I'm not gonna give them that. Play the game. Right. I think that that's I think that that's a selling point to play the game. Is yeah. to know there are many other things of, of that consequence that are just side quests. Right. You need to discover. Exactly. And then the 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 mythic tales, looking for different pieces of armor. All that There's cool a really cool shit. like animation that plays beforehand. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I like it a lot. Yeah, they uh, this was this was a, a a game that was really really hyped up, and for the most part, I mean it's not perfect, but for the most part, it lived up to every bit of that hype. And you can't really ask for much more than that. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's not like a, it's not a game that's trying to do something like Last of Us 2, but mm-hmm. it doesn't need to. It, like, it's such a refreshing game to play after that game. Yeah. That we yeah. talked about. Yes. Um, it's such it a just, It makes cleanse. you feel, yeah, it makes you feel powerful. It's really peaceful in parts. Uh, I mean, obviously, extremely beautiful. Um, one, yeah, we, one didn't of even, the best, we didn't even mention that. Yeah, it's an absolutely gorgeous game. One of the best photo modes. If you if you haven't played with that yet, I recommend it. I have. Um, it's yes, yeah, absolutely gorgeous game. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I we're in that final stretch of, of PS5 where we're getting the games that are pushing the limits of the PS5, and it's great. It's it's paying off in dividends, and I I love it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> people. If you need something to do, if you need uh, to, to kill three hours and you don't want to listen to the Joe Rogan podcast anymore. Yeah, or if, you, if you're not trying to start your own BJJ school, <laughs> you can hey, instead man, play. Just, just train, and then, and then in three years, you might be able to open your own jujitsu school because that's how it it's works. It's simple. Yeah, I mean, that's what I want to do as a guy who practiced jujitsu for a couple of months. That's the one selling point was, oh, that guy's a purple belt and he's been spending a lot of time doing it. I'm going to go to that school, not the black belt school over there or the, the, the school over there that has a reputation of the, the worldwide, world-renowned reputation. <laughs> no, I'm going to go to Bob over there who's got a purple yeah. belt. But he's been training you know a lot. You know, you know why? He doesn't play video games. That's all I need to hear. That's it. He listens to Joe Rogan, and he doesn't play video games. He rishens to Roe Rogan. The bro Jogan. Bro Jogan. Bro Jogan. All right, man. <clears throat> I, think, I think we got it. I think we did, too. But before we get out of here, we got to rate the brew. So, yeah. Nice. See, the reason I'm not doing the photo mode is because I don't really have an eye for photography. And I've seen enough really dope photos on the game already online where I'm like, I'm not going to be able to take anything cooler than that. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> Never be try. Able to. You can try sometime. You'll be surprised. All right. It's really easy. Yeah. You've convinced me. Okay. Tell me what you thought of the beer. I, uh, I really like this. I like this a lot. And, you know, we, we talked before about presentation meaning a lot. And, uh, like, I love the art on this thing. Yeah. And the, the, 
even like the sheen on the on the bottle on the label i mean is beautiful yeah. i i absolutely love every single thing about this i was really surprised when i actually went into red light red light and, and found them uh, on display they're really pretty mm. um even more important though they taste really really good too and uh yeah i mean it's just really balanced pretty light but flavorful and i was afraid this was going to be one of those that's like a little too funky for my my liking and just be a little out there but it's really not it's really clean uh really balanced like i said and right up my alley um a super strong four for me Super four point five. Four point five. Four point five. I think a super, super strong, strong four is a four point five. No, 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 I was gonna say a super. I was, I was teetering on a five for this one. Ah. A super strong four point five. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I get you. Delicious. I, 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 I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Uh, I would give it a. I was actually teetering on four four point five. Stop it. She's like, hurry up. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll also give it a 4.5 just because okay. it is a simple beer that does exactly what it says it's going to do. And if we've talked about nothing else, if we've talked about anything at the same uh, frequency as Joe Rogan has, it's a beer doing what it's advertising it's gonna do right consistency and reliability correct balance balance that's all we ask that's all we ever ask of these brews and uh red light red light did that so four and a half they did that unanimous 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 i think that's about it yep I'm going to go play some more Ghosts of Tsushima. I will do the same. All right. Well, this has been the One Baron Podcast for myself, Marco Dupa, for Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Yeah, boy. Thank you guys for listening. Drink delicious beer. Like, share, and subscribe. Now on YouTube and obviously everywhere that podcasts are listened to. And have a beautiful evening. We love you. Good day, guys.